testimonial in reminiscences of a workhouse medical officer by joseph rogers this librivox recording is in the public domain testimonial to dr joseph rogers the presentation of a handsome testimonial to dr joseph rogers chairman of the poor law medical officers association took place on tuesday last at the rooms of the medical society chando street in the presence of a numerous gathering of ladies and gentlemen mr john a shaw stewart presided mr j wickham barnes honorary secretary of the fund spoke of the cordial reception with which the proposition to do honour to dr rogers had been received and the support which had been given to it by the medical journals the editors of which had been among the most liberal contributors to the fund the chairman in his opening remarks spoke of dr rogers work and worth which were so well known that little further need be said on those points but on an occasion like the present they should not forget that dr rogers was a sanitary reformer and advocate of sanitation of about forty years standing and that matters which were now accepted as facts were then subjects of the fiercest controversy dr rogers in conjunction with mr george alfred walker and others was the first who successfully advocated the closing of the burial grounds in cities and had succeeded in establishing the first public mortuary in london these facts alone testified to his energy and ability those who were older than the speaker could remember the time when the light of heaven was taxed and dr rogers with the late lord duncan was one who worked hard to abolish the window tax a more unjust tax than which it was impossible to conceive he was appointed medical officer of the strand union in eighteen fifty six at a time when there were no paid nurses and when the poor law officer had to pay out of his small salary for all medicines dr rogers with dr anstey and mr ernest hart was among the stoutest advocates for the improvement of the workhouse infirmaries and aided by the full force of the medical press the great work was commenced the first time he the chairman had had the pleasure of working with ladies was in mr ernest hart's house he was thankful that now in all useful social work ladies came to the front dr rogers work led up to mr gathorn hardy's act and his force and determination prevailed so far that the more expensive medicines were henceforth to be paid for by the guardians but for a long time the bulk of the drugs supplied was still left as a charge upon the ill-paid medical officer dr rogers great and difficult work had been in connection with poor law administration he believed one of the greatest political economists of the day whom he saw present would bear him out that political economy and philanthropy went hand in hand when they were employed in energetic and persistent endeavors to arrest disease in its earliest stages no one could go much about our general hospitals without seeing how much of the misery and distress of this world were caused by disease we were subject to a variety of diseases and diseases meant loss of health and ultimate loss of life to the breadwinner and his widow and children to be cast on the world dr rogers was subsequently very instrumental in the carrying of the bill for the superannuation of poor law medical officers since then he had visited almost every large town in england scotland and ireland with the view of prevailing upon the authorities to carry out improvements lately talked of in the metropolis 
dr rogers was a real true specimen of the best sort of englishman a man of tenacity a hard hitter a staunch friend and a pertinacious foe mr g w fraser chairman of the westminster board of guardians said he had long known dr rogers and it afforded him very great pleasure to find that he was so much respected by those who had had an opportunity of appreciating his valuable work and the many reforms he had been instrumental in effecting in the poor law of this country he was very much respected by the board of guardians of the westminster union as at present constituted and before until he had to draw the attention of the guardians to matters affecting the internal welfare of the workhouse which action resulted in his being suspended from his duties all he could say was there was no logical ground for the course that had been taken it was a great satisfaction to find that that apparent evil had resulted in some good for mr wickham barnes had told them that the treatment which dr rogers then received was instrumental in bringing about the crowning result to be achieved in the presentation of the testimonial that day dr rogers had on several occasions rendered very valuable services to him mr fraser and his colleagues and he trusted that he might long be spared to fulfil the duties he had hitherto so long and so satisfactorily discharged professor l e thorold rogers m p said it was a matter of great gratification to him to be present on an occasion when the merits of his brother's labours were being recognised with so much unanimity and in so practical a form by the profession to which he belonged and which he ventured to say he had always adorned mr samuel bonsor as an old westminster guardian spoke of the pleasure it was to him that he had lived long enough to see dr rogers efforts recognized as they had been dr farquharson m p said he knew that dr rogers had been a great sanitary reformer but he was astonished to find that he had been a reformer of so many years standing guardians were apt to go for a hard and fast rule while medical men on the other hand held more towards the sympathetic side and it was by carrying out their duties in a sympathetic and liberal spirit that medical men often got into great disputes and great difficulty and trouble until recently these gentlemen who were often treated cruelly had no organization or means by which they could make their grievances known or obtain any redress whatever the action of dr rogers and the association which he had been instrumental in forming had been the means of often bringing to light cases of oppression and of obtaining redress for those who had been oppressed he was sure they might all congratulate dr rogers on being present not only from the fact that he was going to receive a substantial token of the affection and respect in which he was held by all who knew him but on the expressions of admiration and esteem which poured in from all directions on that occasion he hoped dr rogers would long be spared to give them the benefit of the shrewdness the tenacity and his tact canon wade rector of st anne's soho said he had known dr rogers for some years as a man of war the first thing which drew forth his kindly feeling towards dr rogers was observing the tender and faithful manner in which he supported the case of the sick poor in their workhouses 
the reverend w benham said he thought he had known dr rogers and his family longer than any one else in the room excepting his brother and if he was a man of war as had been stated it was because no man in the world had a more kindly heart the chairman in making the presentation to dr rogers of three handsome pieces of silver plate in a case together with a check for a hundred and fifty pounds said he really ought to have the assistance of a lady now for she would so much more gracefully in their name present that testimonial to dr rogers the inscription ran presented to dr joseph rogers in recognition of his continuous effort in the cause of sanitary and poor law medical reform for nearly forty years june twenty four eighteen eighty four the date reminded them that dr rogers voice had not been that of one crying in the wilderness his voice had been most usefully and beneficially exercised in the metropolis with the pieces of plate there was a substantial lining they hoped that dr and mrs rogers would long be spared to enjoy very many blessings they had met together there with one heart and one mind to show their appreciation of his excellent qualities both as a public and as a private man the estimate of his good deeds he the chairman fully believed would never be known till that last day when the record of his life would be unrolled they had met to do honor to a good man let each one in his own capacity strive to follow so noble an example that when that great day came they might have more to record of work done for others and less for themselves dr rogers who spoke with some emotion said he felt much difficulty in giving expression to the feelings that actuated him on that occasion all he would state was that in his progress through life if he had recognized an evil he had done his best to relieve it and if in the doing of it he had occasionally and doubtless he had confronted the prejudices of some and aroused the antagonism of others it was the inevitable fate of all who attempted to deal determinedly with wrong-doing wherever it might exist he happened to be, as it were, a child of the new poor law, because he remembered well when the bill became law, and his father expressed to him his sense of deep disappointment and dissatisfaction as a Christian man with the way in which the bill was framed, in regard to its harsh and bitter spirit. They must recognize the fact that the poor would be with us always, and that it was best to deal with them in a spirit of conciliation, moderation, and kindness, and especially in that particular branch of the management of the poor with which it had been his lot for many years to be associated, namely as medical officer of a large metropolitan workhouse he was perfectly satisfied of one thing and that was that a judicious administration of poor law relief meant economy he had studied this question most minutely he pointed out twenty-three years ago to mr charles villiers who presided over a committee on poor relief in eighteen sixty one that a more liberal administration of poor relief meant true economy to the ratepayers because if they cut short the sickness of the poor and if they diminished the amount of deaths that took place among the breadwinners they would as the ultimate result economize expenditure and out relief 
as regarded other subjects that had been referred to it was to him a matter of immense gratification that he had been associated in these labors that took place about forty-four years ago initiated by mr george alfred walker of drury lane and which eventually germinated in the abolition of the most horrible system that ever took place in a christian kingdom he could tell them many things terribly showing the horrible evils that arose from keeping the bodies of the dead in the single rooms of the living he had many times seen the widowed mother and the children dining off the coffin of the dead father and other scenes which were indescribable in a gathering like that before him this it was which had prompted his action in the formation of a mortuary at st anne's dr rogers concluded by offering his sincere thanks for the great honour they had conferred on him and to mr shaw stuart in coming and speaking so kindly of him as he had done mr wickham barnes proposed a vote of thanks to the chairman which was seconded by mr james hogg and to which the chairman briefly replied conclusion though there were several persons of both sexes who were very advanced in years when one takes into account the difference in the numbers that were to be found in the strand and westminster workhouses yet in this latter house i did not see so many interesting old people as were to be found in the former about ten years ago however there was an admission from st anne soho of an extremely aged woman she claimed then to be one hundred years old she must have been extremely good-looking in her youth as she still retained evidences of personal beauty like my old friend in the strand she had a bright blue eye and a fair complexion she was in possession of all her faculties and talked and laughed by the half-hour together when i was in the humour to sit and chat with her she knew the younger pitt intimately charles james fox the prince regent edmund burke and several of the politicians of the latter part of the last century she also told me she knew wellington and nelson at last i discovered what she had been her constant references to sheridan in her conversations with me induced me one day to ask her if she knew him drawing herself up in a sprightly sort of fashion i rather think i did said she eventually it came out that she had been under the protection of the box-keeper of drury lane theatre on putting the question which brought out the somewhat equivocal relation in which she had lived during the latter part of the last century she blushed up to her eyes the only thing of the kind i ever witnessed in a lady of such advanced years so much so that i felt sorry i had elicited the confession from her she was a very interesting old woman and her remarks about the appearance of the celebrities of the latter end of the last century and beginning of this unmistakably showed that she had associated on familiar terms with many of the celebrated persons who lived and moved and produced a sensation nearly a hundred years ago she used to sing some very good songs they were chiefly scotch and when singing them she would work herself up into a great state of excitement she was very fond of talking to me and i suppose this arose from the circumstance of my taking interest in her conversation she was a very well-behaved old woman and therefore a great favourite with the inmates and nurses who were highly amused whenever they could get her to sing one of her scotch songs at the latter end of the last century and the beginning of the present she had accompanied her male friend through portugal and spain prior to the war 
at the same time she knew lord nelson and wellington before their names had become famous when she had reached a hundred and four she rather suddenly lost her vivacity became childish and insensibly passed from time into eternity we had during the portion of the time i was at the westminster union quite a little community of aged and so far as i could ascertain religious women at any rate they struck me as being such and i kept them together until the harmony of their daily life was rudely interfered with by the master and matron mr john bliss and miss heatley neither of whom had any sympathy with or kindly feeling for decently conducted pauper women indeed they rendered the lives of these people so wretched by harsh interference as to compel me to distribute them among other wards some of them i even sent away to the sick asylum hospitals so as to get them out of their way it was a wonder to me that miss heatley after all that was proved against her on the official inquiry should ever have been allowed to continue matron of the workhouse but though spared by man's power she was destined to perish by one of the most fearful diseases that can afflict any woman being destined to die of cancer of a certain internal organ and i have been told her sufferings were of the acutest possible character it is very remarkable that having had very large opportunities of witnessing the deaths of my fellow-creatures i have constantly observed that some untimely fate has overtaken those who exercising power in a workhouse have exhibited a cruel use of that power and of one thing i am absolutely certain from personal observation repeated over and over again that blessed is he who considereth the poor and needy the lord shall deliver him in the time of trouble it has often been asserted that the inmates of a workhouse are generally worthless people but i demur to that conclusion entirely of this i am certain that many a person who has died in the infirmary of the sick ward of a workhouse has gone as straight to abraham's bosom as has ever passed from a bishop's palace or the death-chamber of a king or queen or however highly placed during the thirty years that i was engaged in waiting on the sick poor i never lost sight of the fact that they were my fellow-creatures who were accidentally placed in a humbler social position than myself though in accordance with the custom adopted in the institution they were stigmatized as paupers i never allowed myself to make them feel i thought them such after the departure of mr john bliss and the disappearance through illness of miss heatley the guardians appointed as master and matron mr and mrs Vinter. i found them to be exceedingly respectable people kind to the old and afflicted and fair and kind to the general population of an urban workhouse the sick poor were quietly attended to whilst loud-mouthed swearing and blasphemy were banished from the place unfortunately however i began to break in health mounting up staircases day after day which had gone on for nearly forty years told upon me aggravated as it was by repeated attacks of bronchitis then a heart affection followed by its usual concomitants proved too much for me and i was compelled to resign the work i had done for so many years what made the blow the greater to me was this that in all other respects my professional life was a happy one i had nothing to ask for from the board of guardians as all my legitimate requirements were at once courteously met and complied with 
a different atmosphere pervaded the establishment and therefore it was a pleasure to me to meet my fellow officers and to work with them looking back upon the change which had taken place from the day i first entered upon my duties in january eighteen fifty six in the old strand workhouse till i finally left the westminster union in eighteen eighty six a period of thirty years the change that occurred was enormous then there was hardly a paid nurse in any workhouse in london the duties being performed by more or less infirm drunken and generally profligate inmates of the house it was a miracle to find an honest one among them they were a chance medley of sarah gamps and betsy priggs who were selected at the will of master and matron and who obeyed the orders of the medical officer just as much as and no more than their fancy led them the scenes of untold misery which might have been witnessed by the guardians of the poor will never be fully exposed until the grave record of all things is opened to universal gaze fortunately a change has come over the spirit of these things in the present day the sick poor are housed in buildings which were never dreamed of twenty years ago pauper nursing is now entirely a thing of the past lazarus now meets with careful christian consideration and if it be possible to restore him to health an opportunity is afforded him of resuming a position in society useful though it may be humble my readers will therefore fully understand with what great regret i took my pen and wrote the resignation of my office especially when i recall to mind my having been twice suspended from my duties for the efforts i had made in bringing about the changes which i have above referred to and that at last when i was no longer able to do my work i was constrained to sever my connection with the board who had come to look upon me as one solely actuated by a sense of duty the day after the receipt of my resignation i received the following westminster union poland street september twenty seventh eighteen eighty six dear sir i am directed to forward you the annexed copy of a resolution adopted by the guardians at their meeting held on friday last when your resignation of the offices of workhouse medical officer and public vaccinator of the union was accepted i am dear sir yours faithfully fred j lampard assistant clerk of the guardians j rogers esq m d montague place russell square copy resolution that this board has received with much regret the letter just read from dr joseph rogers resigning the office of workhouse medical officer and public vaccinator for the union on account of his continued ill health and while now accepting such resignation the guardians desire to convey to him their deep sympathy that he should thus be compelled to sever his connection with the board after many years of faithful service and to record their high sense of the zealous and efficient manner in which he has discharged the duties of his office and for the warm interest he has at all times taken in questions affecting the proper treatment of the sick and infirm poor after the resolution had been submitted to the vote and adopted unanimously mr samuel bonsor rose in his seat and gave notice that that day month superannuation allowances should be accorded to dr joseph rogers 
coming from this gentleman it was indeed an honourable recognition of lengthened public services mr bonsor had been in various offices of the parish of st anne soho since the introduction of the new poor law bill in eighteen thirty four he had filled all the usual parochial offices even the highest up to the time when i first made his acquaintance which was in the autumn of eighteen forty six on the occasion when i brought before the vestry of st anne soho the terrible condition of the burial ground of that parish after hearing my indictment he at once concurred in the appointment of a committee from the vestry of the inhabitants to take the condition of the ground into consideration and to devise such remedies as might appear desirable mr bonsor attended several of our meetings and entirely agreed as to the dreadful state into which the graveyard had fallen owing to the frequent funerals and the enormous overcrowding it was that vestry meeting that first made me a sanitary reformer and caused me to advocate extramural interment as well as many other social reforms in all of which i had the hearty support of mr bonsor i question whether a finer representative of a middle-class tradesman could be found in this kingdom for more than half a century he has devoted more than ordinary ability to the interests of his fellow parishioners i never upon one single occasion heard or was it ever hinted by any enemy if he ever made one which i doubt that his actions were ever influenced by a single act of self-seeking indeed he was passed through an unusually prolonged life amidst the respect and regard of all who have come in contact with him a very short time ago he brought me a circular letter issued by the poor law commissioners proposing the board of guardians in london should issue a similar letter to their respective bodies so as to more effectually deal with casuals laying it down before me he said this is a return to what they did between forty and fifty years ago for i was a member of the special board which was appointed under this letter but said he i suppose they have forgotten all about it and so they had no doubt before bringing my remarks to a close i should like to briefly describe the various changes that have taken place since the poor law commission was appointed in eighteen thirty two one of the original commissioners was the right honourable c p villiers m p for wolverhampton who has told me in the course of various conversations i have had with him that although a variety of subjects was referred to them in connection with the administration of the poor laws yet that the question of sickness as a factor in the production of pauperism was not referred to them and if it had not been for the pertinacity of dr g wallace and some others that this important subject would have been passed over altogether it need not therefore be a matter of surprise that there has been a continual protest going on on the part of those who have accepted poor law medical appointments against the way in which they have been treated by the board of guardians and a reference to the poor law commissioners resulting in the various changes that have taken place in the composition of the central authority up to the local government board of the present day until eighteen sixty four the central authority was an extremely weak body as continuous efforts were made throughout the country by boards of guardians and others to wipe the poor law board out of existence altogether and had it not have happened that the investigations and deliberations of the select committee on poor relief presided over by the right honourable c p villiers 
had reported in favor of the maintenance of the poor law board not local government board such a disastrous thing would have happened let it here be fully understood that although i have taken a most determined antagonism to many of the acts of the board whether as commissioners or as the poor law board yet that antagonism has been due to the fact that the administration has often been seriously faulty in detail the office of a poor law inspector is one which needs much judgment and tact i trust this will be borne in mind by those who will draft the contemplated county government board there is one point on which feeling most strongly the existing mockery of so-called poor law inquiries i do trust a change will be insisted upon and that is that those deputed to make the inquiry shall possess at least a modicum of legal intelligence finally i have to express the hope that no inspector whether metropolitan or otherwise will be vested with the sole power of deciding what shall be the evidence that shall be taken when the inquiry shall close or that he shall be the sole judge of the value of such evidence end of testimonial to dr joseph rogers end of reminiscences of a workhouse medical officer by joseph rogers